Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame on his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. His nurse took him up and fled, and it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. Second Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. Second Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. <clears throat> and David said, Is there yet any left that are left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant who named, whose name was Ziba. When they had called unto him David, the king said unto him, Are thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. The king said, Is there not yet any the house of Saul that I may show kindness, the kindness of God unto him? Ziba said unto him, unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. The king said unto him, Where is he? And he said unto him, The king, behold, he is in the house of Makar, son of Emilio, and Lodibar. Then the king David sent and fetched him out the house. When Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. Verse 7 says, Thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Another verse in verse 10 says, But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. At my table. For the next little while, I want to preach to you from the thought, the title, from 2 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 4. And his name was Mephibosheth. His name was Mephibosheth. All across this house, if you can put down your Bibles, I want you to lift up your voice with me. And all across this house right now, I want you to help me pray. Mighty God, we come before you today, Jesus. We glorify you, O holy God. God, I pray that your hand of anointing would rest upon me tonight to communicate your word. God, I pray, hide me behind your blood today, Jesus. God, I pray that you would touch the hearer today. God, let the pulpit and the pew be connected. God, let your anointing flow in this house. Come on, that's it all across this place. Let your voice be heard right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it, every Holy Ghost-filled believer right now. Pray with authority, pray with dominion right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Man, you may be seated. His name was Mephibosheth. Job would write in the 14th chapter, verse 1, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. The very onset of life, man is dealt with trouble. Man does not get to decide whether or not 
trouble will meet his door. But life has a way of dealing things to us. Sometimes the conversation would be, is if there's a God, why would he allow such to happen to me? The conversation of the sovereignty of God and why God would allow such things, whether it is trouble or heartache to face and to confront my life. It's not, it doesn't take much for much of us to be able to face the troubles and the woes of life. Sometimes trouble is dealt out, heartache, pain, circumstances that seem insurmountable, pain, scars, brokenness that men face in life. Some things happen by the decisions that man makes, and some things happen simply by life and how things happen in life. Under the sound of my voice tonight, there are people You've been handed a set of circumstances, not by decisions that you may have made, but the moment that you stepped into the earth. There were circumstances and there were things that laid before and were a part of your life. You never had to make the you never had to make a choice or a decision, but it was simply the circumstance of your world. The cards were dealt, the hand was given. You didn't really make the choice of who your parents were. You didn't really make the choice of where you were born, where you would live. You didn't make the choice of the brokenness that may have filled your world, the brokenness that may have filled your heart, the circumstances and the pains of life. Some things simply do happen to good people. Bad things happen to good people. Things happen to people, though they do not deserve it. There's under the sound of my voice, there's people. You've experienced things that you didn't necessarily deserve. Sometimes you wonder, why did those things have to come about? Why did those things have to face my world? Why did trouble have to be set my door? Why did that have to be my story? Why did I have to experience the pain the heartache, the grief, the very things that beset me. Find it interesting that Scripture would let us know in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 that all the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. The Word of God is a tool and it's a light unto us to set an example, to encourage, to give hope, to give peace, to give strength in the time of need. I consider and think about Scripture text tonight. I think of a man that is born of a man named Jonathan. The man's name is Mephibosheth. Of course, Jonathan being the son of Saul, Mephibosheth being the grandson of Saul. Mephibosheth is born with a set of circumstances that are truly out of his control. It's out of his control. He cannot dictate the circumstances. He cannot dictate what is going on in his world. But Mephibosheth's story is simply the story that life has handed him. Mephibosheth's story in his childhood is simply what has just been handed to him and it is out of his control. 
Mephibosheth is born and he's bearing the markings of a fallen kingdom. Mephibosheth is bearing the imprints of a kingdom of a grandfather that lost his way. He's bearing the markings, a man of a kingdom and a father and of one that would be able to stand through and lived a terrible death. He's living with this shame, being one that's left in the house of Saul. Saul, his grandfather, is gone, and Jonathan, his father, is gone. Saul dies a death of shame, and Mephibosheth is this man, and he is bearing this shame. Mephibosheth is bearing the shame of a fallen kingdom. Not only that, but Mephibosheth is someone who, not even by his own choice, he is crippled. Because when the news of Jonathan and Saul came that they died, the nurse began to take Mephibosheth and begin to carry him and to run. And as that nurse began to run, Mephibosheth fell and he began to be crippled. He was lame on his feet. Mephibosheth bear this shame. He bear this crippledness. He bared these things that were out of his control. I find it interesting that the name Mephibosheth means dispeller of shame. Mephibosheth bear the shame that was insurmountable, seemed unbearable. He bared the shame of being lame, sitting around, not able to help himself. Man, I want to paint a picture tonight. He's bearing things that He didn't make the choice and decision to bear. He's bearing the heartache of being crippled and being broken by somebody else's circumstances and by somebody else's choice. And Mephibosheth, as he's going through life, he's bearing scars and he's bearing the pain. He's bearing, he's the image of a fallen kingdom. He is the image of failure. He is the image of shame. But I find it interesting that Mephibosheth makes a choice and decision of what he's going to do with his scars. Mephibosheth makes a decision what he's going to do with the pain. Mephibosheth makes a decision what he's going to do with the things that have been dealt his way. Hey, man, I want to pause for a moment and let you know, hey, man, that you may be in this house tonight. And I don't know what your story may be or the things that you have faced. And you have might have faced some insurmountable circumstances and some things in your life that somebody else made the choice and decision for you. You were not able to make the choice and decision about where you grew up and the things that you faced and the heartache and the pain that filled your world. You weren't able to make the choice and decision by those that abuse you and those that have caused pain in your heart and in your life. You did not make that choice and decision. You did not make that decision to be broken the way that you were broken. But can I preach to you tonight that with pain and with scars and with circumstances and things that face and happen in life that you can put your pain and you can put your scars and you can put all of the brokenness of life in its proper place. You can put the things that you have endured, the grief, the heartache, the shame that you have faced in your life and to allow God to heal all of the brokenness and allow God to heal all of 
the circumstances. Psalms 147 and 3 says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. 1 Peter 5 and 7 said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We may not be able to handle the circumstances and things that we have faced. We may not be able to handle the brokenness that has filled our world and our life. Amen. But with the brokenness and the pain that may fill our heart, we have an opportunity to put it in the hands of the master. We have an opportunity to put it in the hands of almighty God. We have the opportunity to put it in the hands of Jesus. Hallelujah. Scripture lets us know, for we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. The Scripture says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. Amen. There's a throne that we can go to. There's a God that we can touch. Amen. There is a throne that we can touch boldly, unashamed, without fear or trepidation to go before a God in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our circumstance. Amen. Can I preach to you tonight for those that may be in a place of bearing the shame of past, bearing the shame of things that are out of your control, bearing the shame of a story that you would not like anyone to know or to know the things that you have been through. I want to preach to you plainly tonight, amen, because I understand under the sound of my voice there are people with real needs inside of the house, with real brokenness and a story, amen, that God is willing to heal and restore. It doesn't matter the brokenness. It does not matter the heartache. It does not matter the trouble that you have faced. It does not matter those that have taken advantage of you. I know that there might be a question that fills our heart and mind. That if God really loves me, why would he allow me to go through this brokenness? And preacher, if God really loved me, why would he allow me to be abused? And why would he allow these people to walk out of my life? And why would God allow these people to take advantage of me? Man, I'm not trying to be light of circumstances and things that people face in this house today. But regardless if I know your personal story or not, I understand under the sound of my voice that there are trauma and there are things that people have faced in this house that you wish that nobody knew, that you wish that nobody would ever bring up and, and that you would just try to leave it behind some distant memory as the questions fill your heart and mind. It's hard to pick up our head to be able to, to rejoice in the Lord because we're bearing the scars, we're bearing the pain, we're bearing the heartache of yesteryear, we're bearing the pain of five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, coming to the house of God but not simply healed of the trauma and the heartache. You know, psychologists say that a person could be 40 years old, but through an emotional event that happened when they were about 8 or 10, they can be stunned in their emotional development. They call it 
emotional intelligence. And that their emotional, their EQ is, is stunted because they're back in that place of trauma. And though they may be 45, but because of that traumatic event that happened in their life, that when something of emotion and something of trauma happens in their life, it takes them right back to that moment. It takes them right back to that experience. It takes them right back to that trauma. So in reality, as they begin to grow and expand in life and continue in age and they mature on the outside, but ultimately on the inside, they are marked and shaped by that event. They're marked and shaped by that brokenness. They're marked and shaped by the wounds that as anything that begins to trigger, it takes them right back to that place. And though I could be 45, 27 in the house today, something that happened to me at 10 years old takes me right back to that place emotionally. Hear me tonight. Uh, I'm taking my time because I firmly believe in the Holy Ghost that the Lord wants to heal somebody today. And I want to take the time to minister unto some needs tonight because God is the healer. God is still a way maker. God is still the God that heals emotional wounds. Even though some would say that people could never get past the scars and the wounds of yesteryear. Hey man, I've come to preach tonight that there is a God able to heal you of trauma. There is a God that's able to heal you of the brokenness and the wounds of your past. There is a God that can restore you of all of the trouble and all of the sorrow. The anointing, as Jesus begins to quote Luke, begins to quote Isaiah in Luke 4 and 18, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal those that have been broken, those that have experienced heartache, those that have experienced pain. The Bible also gives emphasis about that how that God would take away the reproach. The reproach is another word for shame. When Rachel was barren and was not able to have kids in Genesis 30 and 22 through 24, the Bible says God remembered Rachel and God hearkened to her and opened her womb as she conceived and bare a son and said, God have taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph. What happened in that moment, Rachel said, God has taken away my reproach. God has taken away my shame. God has taken away my brokenness of the scar that I had. As Rachel began to bear the scar of not being able to have children and being barren and not seeing the desires of her heart. She carried that weight. And in a moment in time, God began to take away her reproach. God began to take away her shame. God began to take away her brokenness. God began to take away her sorrow as she begins to birth a man-child and calls his name Joseph. Find it interesting that Joseph is also a type of Jesus Christ as we go through Scripture. We find the parallels in the typology in Scripture. And as this moment in time as she's birthing a son, she calls his name Joseph. That's taking away the reproach, taking away the pain. 
In like manner, Jesus is interested in taking away your reproach. Jesus is interested in taking away your pain. Jesus is interested in taking away your sorrow. Mephibosheth had a choice and decision when David began to invite him into the kingdom, began to invite him at his table. David said, is there any of the house of Saul that I can show kindness to, the kindness of God to because of Jonathan? And the servant said, there's one name, Mephibosheth, this one that bared that shame, that bared the markings of it. There is one that can sit. And David makes the discourse and he says, Mephibosheth shall sit at my table always. Mephibosheth may sit at my table and eat bread all the days of his life. Mephibosheth, a man that was not deserving to sit at the table of the king, a man that was not deserving to be able to taste of the bread at the king's table. The king invited him and said, Mephibosheth, though you bear the shame and markings of past and failure and things that are out of your control, Mephibosheth, I invite you to sit at the king's table to be able to taste of the bread of the king. Mephibosheth, I know that you feel unworthy to sit at the king's table. I know that you feel unworthy to be able to partake of the bread that the king partakes of. But Mephibosheth, there is a seat for you at the table of the king. Can I preach to you tonight? There is a table. There is a table and a seat at the king's table that the Lord opens up the chair and he says, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you have faced, no matter the brokenness in your world, I have a seat for you. I have bread for you that no... I have meat for you that will not end. I have a cup for you that will not run dry. Mephibosheth, I have everything that you need in my house. Mephibosheth, I know it was out of your control, but you get to decide, Mephibosheth, what you are going to do. His name means dispeller of shame. That means to break up, to drive away, or to cause to disappear. Mephibosheth made up in his mind, I'm not going to live in the shame of yesteryear. I'm not going to live in the shame of 10 years ago. I'm not going to live in the past of somebody breaking me and somebody Somebody abusing me. I'm not going to let them keep me crippled. I'm not going to allow them to control me. I'm not going to allow those that hurt me to control my worship. I'm not going to allow those that abuse me to hurt my... I don't care how bad the pain is. I'm not going to allow what happened to me 10 years ago keep me from serving God. I'm not going to allow what happened 20 years ago keep me from worshiping. I'm not, I'm not going to allow. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to come to the house of God. 
and you got to allow God to heal you of the wounds of yesteryear. I understand a message that I'm preaching tonight. It's not for everybody in this house, but I'm telling you under the sound of my voice, there are people in this house, and you've been carrying things for years, and you've simply just been coping with the issues and the problems of your world. And I've come to let you know tonight, there may be scars that you can always see around you, but it's not the will of God that you don't allow the shame to be dispelled. It's the will of God that you allow the shame to leave your life. You know what Mephibosheth had to live? Amen. With being crippled and not being able to walk and somebody pushing him around. He always saw the scar, but Mephibosheth made in his mind, I'm not living with the shame even though I see the scars, even though I see the pain, even though I see the wound. I'm not going to live with the shame. believe that why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord Hallelujah. made up in his heart his mind I may have to look in the mirror and I may have to look and see the things that I've been through I may have to look and realize and it seems like I can't get away from what happened. It seems like I can't get away. And every time, hey man, that we just begin to even think about certain individuals, it takes us right back to that place of trauma. It takes us right back to that place. And you may have to look and see things, hey man, that you don't want to remember as those scars are there. But you do not have to bear the guilt of something that was out of your control. Hear me tonight in the Holy Ghost. It's not your fault what happened to you. It's not your fault you've been through what you've been through. Sometimes we make choices and decisions in life that cause us to go through what we go through. Hey Amen. But when I'm preaching tonight, there's somebody in this house and you didn't deserve what happened to you and you didn't make the decision and it wasn't your fault and you can't live with the guilt and shame because it's not your fault. I'm telling you, God sent me with a message tonight to let you know it's time to let the shame go baby it's time to let the brokenness go it's time to let God heal you it's time to let God restore you I hope this is okay right now hallelujah Hallelujah. You don't have to come to the house of God and simply just be medicated. Hey man, and just get doses of victory when you come to the house of God. You don't have to just get a little, little bit of shot that'll just try to sustain you for the moment. But there is a victory in the Holy Ghost that you can receive and have. That God, that God allows you to be healed of the trauma and the wounds. Even though you may have the scars. Reproach can go away. The reproach, the burden. That's why Isaiah would speak of the promised Messiah. He said, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, 
He was bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. With the stripes we are healed. I want you to know the gospel is not just some cute little message that we preach. But when Jesus allowed himself to go to that place, and he was obedient unto death, and he allowed himself to hang on that cross, it wasn't meant to be just some cute little Easter story that we just talk about once a year. But as he stood in that place and some would try to say uh, that he didn't feel the pain and he didn't feel the sorrow and he didn't experience all of that trying to say that there was divine flesh but in reality he felt all of the pain and he felt all of the sorrow and as he was in that place uh, he knew exactly what was going to happen in your world. Uh, he knew exactly what you were going to face. Uh, he knew the brokenness that was going to fill your heart uh, before you ever even touched the earth. Uh, and as he was in that place hanging between, he was allowing all of that shame, amen, to rest on him so that you would not have to bear that shame. He was allowing all of that heartache to rest on him so that you can walk in victory. Baby, it's more than just a cute story, but it is redemption and power in the Holy Ghost. Amen, that Holy Ghost that's living inside of you is not just some small thing. But it's mighty. It's powerful. Hallelujah. It's not just simply a small thing, but it is a mighty thing. First Peter 2 and 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. As they were being, as he was being whipped in stripes, his blood being poured out, begin to gush out as he's experiencing the pain, as he's experienced the heartache, as he's going through the torment and the trouble, he's thinking about you. Well, you may not believe me tonight, but, but he, he was thinking about you. He knew a circumstance that would fill your life at just about 10 years of age. He knew that, that you would go through that trauma. and He knew that you would have questions about God. How, how am I going to get through this? And I, I'd rather just die and not live. And I, I don't know how to get through this pain. I don't know how to get through this sorrow. I don't know how to get over what has happened to me. And as he was in that place being whipped, he was trying to take on the shame. He wasn't trying. He was taking on the shame. And anybody that was would allow him, amen, to heal them. He was taking it on. That's why you got to let God be your healer. You got to let God be your restorer. You got to let God deliver you. You got to let him heal you of the pain and the heartache and all of the brokenness. Amen. Sometimes we want to hold on to the things that we've been through, but I'm telling you there's a God in this house and he's more than able. We talked about Sunday night, how Jesus is still able, and I'm telling you I still believe it it does not matter what you face or what you have gone through there is enough power in this house to set you free of emotional mental damage Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just feel it so strongly right now in the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be medicated with Xanax. You don't have to be medicated at night just to simply get a good sleep at night. I'm telling you, you can get in the Holy Ghost enough that you walk out of this place with the divine healing that you need. You can walk out of this place, amen, with the mental healing that you need. Hallelujah. Many times we preach about physical healings and God being able to heal diabetes and God being able to heal heart conditions and God being able to heal all kind of manners of disease. But it seems sometimes that we're reluctant to let God heal our mind. We're reluctant to let God really restore and transform our mind. We're reluctant to really let and believe that he can really heal us of the past. Reluctant to believe that he is able to restore us from the mental damage that we have faced. I still believe he's able. I still believe that he's able to tear down the walls of yesteryear. Able to tear down the walls of brokenness and years and years of issues, problems, sorrows, grief. It's time that you take the pain. It's time that you take the sorrow and you put it in its proper place. It's time that you take the thing that you cannot control and say, Master, I'm giving it in, giving it to you. I'm laying it in your hands. I'm not bearing that shame, that grief anymore. I'm not bearing that reproach. I'm telling you, somebody in this house, you need to rise up tonight. It says, I'm not staying in that anymore. I'm not staying in that any longer. But I'm going to rise up and be everything that God has called me to be. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God, and I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee in the right hand of my righteousness. I will be your God. It's time to let God simply just be your God. It's time to let God take that issue and that problem, because the reality of it is, is that we'll never be able to be everything that God has called us to be if we constantly live in that past experience. Because you know what will happen. You'll go through life. And you'll just try to tuck it away and just try to hide it off and try to just keep it hampered down. But, but then there will be something that comes up in life that begins to trigger. And all of a sudden, that flare begins to come back up again. All of a sudden, that feelings begin to resurge itself, and because it's not really ever dealt with, and how many times things that we go through, we don't really allow God to truly deal with it today. I'm preaching to somebody today. You can dispel the shame, Mephibosheth. You don't have to live with it, Mephibosheth. You don't have to live with yesteryear, but you can allow God to heal you. You can allow God to restore you. You can allow God to redeem you. 
coming to a close, the man in Mark chapter 3, the man with the withered hand. We don't know how that his hand was withered. We don't know how that he came with this circumstance. He was in the synagogue, and, and Jesus noticed him in the house. And I can imagine that man, that withered hand, he had learned and become so accustomed to kind of just tuck that thing away and try to kind of hide it because there was so shame being a man with a withered hand, not able to work with your hands and to be able to provide. This man probably just tucked the issue and problem away in his coat, his robe, that nobody could see. And he would come in the synagogue, he'd come in the house and try to hide the issue. But Jesus saw the issue. Jesus saw the problem. And when Jesus sees brokenness and when he sees witherment and and things that are dry because the withered hand simply had a lack of flow of blood and life in it. He's in this place and he's tucking it away. But Jesus says, I'm interested in dealing with your witheredness. I'm interested in dealing with your dryness. I'm interested in, in dealing with your scars. I'm interested in healing it. And he tells that man, I want you to stand up. I want you to get up from the place that you're at right now. And I want you to stand up. And I want you to stretch yourself. I know it seems unlikely that something like this would be healed and something like this would be restored. But if you believe that I'm able to do it, I want you to take that hand and I want you to begin to stretch it. I know doubters would say that you're never able to get past this. And I know psychologists would say that you'll still need several hours of therapy and you'll never be able to get past this issue and problem. But what would happen on a Tuesday night if we would... If we would just allow ourselves to stretch, if we would just allow ourselves to stretch in the presence of God, not tucking away, not hiding away, not allowing the shame to keep us crippled down, but say, something's going to be different tonight. Something's going to change tonight. Something is going to shift. I walked in this house bearing that weight, but I'm going to walk out of this house healed, whole, in my right mind. I'm going to allow God to heal me deep, emotionally, in my heart. I'm going to allow God. I, I, I don't care what anybody else says. I can imagine that man in that synagogue. He couldn't get caught about what his neighbor was thinking. He could get distracted with what everybody else was saying. He had an interaction. He had a chirological moment with God that God began to interrupt his world and said, I'm interested in healing you of your dryness in this very season and hour. I'm interested in healing you of the scars that have plagued you since you were a baby. I'm interested in restoring you. I'm telling you, I feel so strongly in this house that there is divine healing in here. I feel so strongly that God wants to heal somebody's mind tonight. That he wants to restore all of the brokenness in you today. Though you can't get rid of the scar, you can get rid of the shame. Because Mephibosheth had to learn how to sit at that table 
And I know that Mephibosheth, every time that he sat at that table, I know he was thinking, man, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be in this house right now. I don't deserve to sit at this table. How am I eating bread that the king partakes of? And how am I able to sit at the king's table and be like a son, though I was not a son? That's a spirit of adoption whereby we can cry out, Abba, Father. Though we were not a son, he made us a son. He made you a daughter as you were translated into the kingdom of God. And though we do not deserve the riches of glory, but through the power of the glorious gospel, we're able to taste of the freedom and the deliverance of God. We're able to taste of the freedom of our mind. We're able to taste of the freedom of our spirit. That we don't have to be bound by yesterday's woes, but we can have liberty and freedom in the Holy Ghost that we can come to the house of God on a Tuesday night and begin to lift up our hands and worship. We can come to the house of God and be able to sing songs and praise and dance and rejoice. Hallelujah. All across this house, stand with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to begin to pray all across this house right now. Come on, all across this house, I want you to lift up your voice and pray right now. I'm telling you, there's divine healing in this house right now. Come on, that's it. I want you just to raise your hands right now. Come on, there's healing in this house right now. There's healing in this house right now. I'm telling you, there's deep emotional healing in this house right now. I'm telling you, if you'll put your mind just on Jesus right now, you'll close your eyes, you'll lift up your hands, and you'll begin to lift up your voice. And I'm telling you, there's a wave of glory that's going to sweep in this house. And I'm telling you, there's deep emotional healing that is going to happen right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke unbelief. I rebuke doubt and fear right now in the name of Jesus. Hey, man, I rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. I command divine healing right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I firmly believe that there's ministering angels in this house right now. I'm telling you, lift up your hands. There's healing in the name of Jesus. That's it, sis. Just go ahead and pray right now. There's healing that can fill your heart. There's healing that can fill your mind. Come on all across this house right now. I'm telling you, there's divine healing. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Press right now. Come on, that's it. Press right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, you know exactly who you are in this house right now. I'm telling you, just lift up your hands and just allow the Holy Ghost to sweep over you.
Come on, this is 100% apostolic right now. We've learned to cope with issues and problems and come to the house of God and not allow things to be dealt with. I'm telling you, let the master deal with it right now. Let the master heal you right now. Let the master restore you right now. Come on, I want somebody to obey the Holy Ghost right now. I want you to obey the Holy Ghost right now. Hey Amen. Some of you know you need to be coming right down to this front. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Right now, I'm telling you, allow the Holy Ghost to work inside of you right now. If you allow God to do it, I'm telling you, there's a divine healing that's going to happen. I know this might not be for everybody, but there's people in this house. I'm telling you, the master... The master has his hands open right now, and there's divine healing, healing and restoration and deliverance. Oh, ministers, I need you to help me pray right now. Come on, men of God, I need you to help me pray right now. Come on, that's it. Pray in faith right now. Pray in faith right now. Pray in fervency right now. Come on, that's it. It's sweeping across this house right now. It's sweeping across this house. Come on. This may not be your story, but can you go pray for somebody right now? This may not be your story, but can you lay hands on somebody right now and encourage them in the Holy Ghost? Come on, I'm telling you, there's deep things that God wants to uproot in this house. There's deep sorrow. There's deep pain. There's deep heartache that God is wanting to heal. He's wanting to dig up right now. He's wanting to restore it. Come on, don't pray passively right now. Pray fervently. Pray fervently right now. Come on, come on. 
It's in the house right now. It's in the house right now. It's in the house right now. The healer's in the house right now. The restorer's in the house right now. Come on, you're carrying things you weren't anointed to carry. You're carrying things God didn't institute for you to carry. God's hands are open right now and saying, cast all your cares on me for I careth for you. Cast all your burdens on me for I careth for you. I love you. I care for you. You weren't meant to carry this all on your own. That's what Calvary was all about. He was meant to carry the burden. He was meant to carry the shame. Shalabahalabo shaka.